Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of the Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 140th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Summers and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me as always is my good buddy and friend Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how you doing? I am clearly not feeling mid, let me just say that. Uh, <sighs> no, today is a good day. Uh, we had an excellent dynamite and excellent rating excellent everything so i'm in a good mood i want to say screw the super bowl i won't even know who won until you know somebody posted on social media i will not be watching that piece of shit with the wrong teams in it uh but uh no uh i will this week uh big movie weekend for you know for movies as far as movies i want to see so i will be seeing death on the nile this weekend so i'm excited about that uh you know and yeah it's uh i i have a de- i i have developed uh, a little problem with pops so like uh. i hadn't bought a pop in a while in the last two weeks i've bought like 10 so i really <laughs> need to get that under control and i need to get it under control and now there's like three more that i want to buy so i don't i don't know how this is gonna work yeah well you know i mean if we're on the topic of movies, I'm just happy that my boy Andrew Garfield, like, even though Spider Man got snubbed at the Oscars, I'm happy my boy Andrew Garfield got a Best Actor nominee for Tick Tick Boom because that performance in that movie was outstanding. You know, 
Never seen the movie. So it's a musical, so I had a pretty solid feeling that you might have not have seen it. Uh, you know, I like to see some musicals. I was definitely planning to go see West Side Story, but uh, I heard some things about it that I don't like, uh, and so I haven't seen it. But Tick Tick Boom's on Netflix, correct? It is on Netflix, yeah. And I mean, it's 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 more of a actual like character piece musical as opposed to like uh, like a fictional story. Because um, it focuses on the life of Jonathan Groff, the creator of Rent, and uh, this was some of his other side project musical that he made before Rent. And of course, the tragic thing about Rent is that once it started, it had its first uh, one of its first shows. Uh, Jonathan Groff tragically passed away uh, before he got to see the true success, because Rent became one of the best selling musicals of all time. Ran for fifteen plus years, all that kind of stuff. And um, Andrew Garfield doesn't unreal job of portraying jonathan groff and i never knew the dude could sing up until this point but he genuinely can yes he uh he's really uh yeah uh that's pretty cool that uh they were able to do that i <laughs> shockingly i am a big fan of rent uh, and see i i i'm in the probably lowly lowly house of one where it's like i like rent i don't love rent uh because I just think there's just so much going on in terms of like the songs and the lyrics and like it's it gets to a point where it's a little too much for me. Um, I think the music in Tick Tick Boom and the story of Tick Tick Boom is better than Rent's. Well, uh, my uh, friend Cassie, I always, for me, I didn't go to college. I didn't never go off to school and stuff. Well, my friend Cassie was like my college experience. She opened up the world to a lot of things I wasn't very familiar with. Uh, she is. Yeah, so one of the things she did is she listened to musicals in the car, yep. and, which was so weird to me. I'm like, you know, there's these things called, like, CDs with regular music on it. You don't have to listen. Oh, to the radio, music. yeah. Yeah, and she was like, uh, no, she, she liked musicals, and one of the musicals <laughs> she liked was Rent. So at the time, I had never even seen Rent perform, but I had knew every song from listening it to it in the car <laughs> with her. And then I saw the performances. Idina Menzel is literally... Yeah, that's right that she was on that. Yeah, she is one of my crushes, like, period. I just think she is just talent, attractiveness, all that together. Tay Diggs, again, is like, oh, Tay Diggs can sing? <laughs> I did yep, not know that. I did not know that. And it was just like, I'm listening to the CD and don't know that these are people that I am very familiar with. You know, like I, I didn't know that I'm listening to people that I'm very familiar with before I then went and saw the movie and, and it was like, oh, this is amazing. And the Tango Noreen, yes, good song. Uh, no, I like I said, it's like if you played the Rent musical right now, I would start singing along just because I've heard it so much. So uh, I'm not, I'm definitely... Uh, musicals i have no problem with in general but i you know it's pretty much someone that i respect is gonna have to say watch that musical for me to watch i have a pretty good feeling that that same person would say you should watch take take boom though because it is genuinely really good yeah well i mean that is our musical theater hour but i always say this when it comes to wrestling fans I, I, I always, when people talk to me about wrestling and they like, I can't watch it because it's predetermined, I'm like, dude, it's just live theater. That's all it is. It's like, mm -hmm. there you, you go. If you can watch Romeo and Juliet and be okay with them not killing the person, watch, <laughs> uh, watch professional wrestling because it's pretty much the same thing. So, 
There you go. Yeah. Well, we got a lot to talk about on this episode of All Things Elite. It was an absolutely wild episode of Dynamite that wrapped up last night. And we'll also go through the rampage that took place last week. But before we get into the entire show, I want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platform, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. It really does mean the world to us. You can leave a rating and a review. And if you're so inclined, you can leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. But the easiest way for you guys to support us is on social media. On Twitter, we are at Pod. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Check out all the other shows that they have on their network. You won't be disappointed. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And, of course, the big news of the week, the thing that we just can't not mention at the top of the show, is that AEW has become limitless. And finally, for the first time in seemingly forever, we have truly been allowed to bask in the glory that is Keith Motherloving Lee. He is now officially All Elite. He was the prevailing rumor of who was going to be the person to challenge Isaiah Cassidy for the spot in the face of the Revolution ladder match at AEW Revolution. And it's absolutely outstanding that he was there. Um, we'll mention a little bit of the match in the Dynamite review itself, but just the fact that Keith Lee is here, dude, it's like... He was genuinely one of those guys where I thought to myself, like when he was, because when NXT was doing great stuff and when AEW was doing great stuff, I was just like, everyone was talking about like, oh, who could you think of people from WWE that would jump ship and go to AEW like full Monday Night War style? And I was just like, man, you know, it's like, it would be so cool if Keith Lee came to AEW, but I always thought like, that's never going to happen. He's going to make millions of dollars in, a- in WWE and just be like, top of the world because this guy's got everything you could ever want in a top star in a main event caliber superstar and now because of mismanagement and because of wwe possibly not knowing what talent is anymore these days we got keith lee and i'm ecstatic about it i'm so excited to see what this dude does and they're the first thing they do is have him just throw around isaiah cassidy and make him look like a beast and then also putting him in a ladder match where he has a chance to then challenge for the TNT championship, which I mean, Jesus Christ, man. So the guy that presented last night, I don't see how anyone in the world doesn't look at him and what he can do and that natural, that natural charisma and say, Oh, I can't make a ton of money off of him because uh yeah, he's big, he's powerful, he's athletic, again, charismatic, uh just everything about him. He demands your attention when you come into the room. Uh he doesn't have to say a word. That smile, that smirk, the look on his face, everything Keith other looks on his face, I mean, everything Keith Lee does screams champion. It screams you know, world-class wrestler. To me, it screams WWE. What WWE was looking for was, you know, all of that. That's what WWE was looking for. But somehow, they, you know, the the main guy didn't see it in them. And I'm, even though I did want Keith Lee to be very successful in WWE, I did. I had the Keith Lee shirt, figure, all that kind of stuff. 
Limitless was my shit. So I wanted him to be successful there. Usually, like, I'm like, I'm thanking God WWE messed him up. I'm not. It sucks that WWE messed him up because he was what they look for. Of course, he didn't have a six-pack, whatever. I'm like, if you watch the man wrestle for 10 seconds, you get over that fact. You get over it, and I last yet today, I, I tats off to Isaiah Cassidy. I, I really did. I mean, we're going to talk about the match in a minute, but hats off to him because he did everything he was supposed to do, and Keith Lee looked super impressive. No question about it, uh, and um, we got a lot, of course, to go into uh, for the entirety of AEW Dynamite taking place in Atlantic City, New Jersey. I want to give a big shout out to our boy Justin Henry off of America with uh, Cultaholic with the uh, Raw Classic Review podcast that they have. Um, very close friend of mine in Sydney's. This was his first ever Dynamite that he had ever attended. And goddamn, if he didn't get to see a great show for his first ever Dynamite, I got to say. Well, congrats to him. I'm glad he got to see it. Yeah, so we'll we'll get in though. The show show opened up. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this. The show opened up. Uh we had Wardlow coming out and he had cardboard cutouts of uh MJF and he was carrying it out to the ring and uh he proceeds to uh have these cutouts of MJF and uh, MJF choking out CM Punk and um <clears throat> Punk's name was being chanted. Uh, Tully Blanchard and FTR get introduced, and then uh, so did uh, Sean Spears. And then eventually Sean Spears hands a large piece of paper to uh, Justin Roberts, uh, basically just listing off all this shit that's not true. Um, And then MJF comes out and literally, yeah, Excalibur with a great call, acting like he won the the AEW World Championship with his his two... tainted victories over CM Punk. He comes out carried on a throne and then has uh, two female valets. I, I saw one of them. I unfortunately can't remember her name, though. The one on the first, the one on the on the left-hand side uh, was uh, tweeting out being like, hey, that was me. And I was like, oh, sweet. The other one I have not seen tweet out. Um, and that was the one that MJF felt the need to just full-on make out with. I was just like, Jesus, man. It's like this is full-on attitude era here with like just like, despicable like this was rick rude rick flair like just levels of just like jesus christ man like put that shit away great heel work genuinely but um we talk about mjf coming in he's has a celebratory group hug wardlow's not joining in on this and he's like listen i'm the best wrestler on the planet it's not kenny omega not brian danielson not adam cole not hangman no because you're looking at the man who beat cm punk twice in chicago he's better than the best in the world Bloody 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 blah, 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 and instead of just doing all this kind of stuff and just running his mouth, Sean Spears then debuts a brand new T-shirt that says "Better Than the Best in the World." That's on Shop AEW. So if you want to donate to charity, feel free to buy that shirt. Um, and moving on to that though, as Sean Spears and MJF were talking up, CM Punk comes out, has a baseball bat, and he's like, "Look." You're talking about beating me in Chicago. Your win in Chicago is about as suspect as your spray tan. I don't like to ask for help, but apparently with the pinnacle, I, I've i learned my lesson. I've got friends today. Darby Allen and Sting come out with their own bat- baseball bats. Punk is screaming for a rematch, and he goes like, MJF's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he's like, Max, not talking to you. I'm talking to Wardlow. And like, Wardlow, 
You can either be on the other end of this beating that these jerks are going to receive, or you can wisen up and finally leave these idiots. And he's uh, demanding for a rematch. And then Harwood, Dax Harwood, then says, like, you know what? Forget that. We want a rematch. FTR wants a rematch. We're the greatest tag team in the world. We want a rematch. And Punk was like, look, all you had to do was ask. So we agree to a rematch because I'm going to get my hands. We're going to have that six-man rematch. I'm going to get my hands on MJF. And MJF's response is like, you want a rematch against FTR and me? That's not a, that, not going to happen. We're in Atlantic City. I'm not wrestling in New Jersey. <clears throat> so he's like, you can have a rematch with FTR, but here's a little bit of a uh, – an added uh, thing. You can only face FTR with a partner of your choosing, and it can't be Sting or Darby Allen. So he's like, best of luck trying to find somebody in that locker room who doesn't hate your guts. And then if you guys beat FTR, you can wrestle me in a rematch, but it won't happen. So he said, look, Wardlow, you got to suit up, though, because you have a matchup next, and that's it. So that's the opening segment. Damn good segment, too, honestly. they did The yes. heel work was outstanding. And I loved Wardlow still being out there, just like hating it. Look, man, like you could have stopped this uh, last week. You didn't do it. So at this point, unless you finally wisen up, I don't feel bad for you at this point, Wardlow. That's just my personal opinion. You had your chance. Like you had your chance to kill Hitler. You didn't do it. So unfortunately, that's all I got to say on that matter. But I was really excited to see who uh, Punk was going to get to team with him. And um, we got to see punk once again go up against ftr and quite honestly that's all i ftr is one of the best tag teams in the world i was all for seeing that um but mjf reached a whole level with his healing to like uh, on this show i don't know what you're talking about uh the heel in this segment was clearly cm punk uh because cm punk lost twice in his home city he had the home field advantage he lost twice he talked for months how it was impossible to beat him in chicago then he lost twice in Chicago. Then after losing, he comes back and complains about how he lost. Come on. How he lost? It's like blaming the refs, dude. You lost. Oh, Shut two. up, bitch. Oh, and two in Chicago. I was like, I don't even know. See, uh, MJF comes out, and he all he does is tell the truth. About all the things that he has accomplished, accomplished in wrestling, and he, you know, he said he beat CM Punk by himself. All I know is only one person pinned CM Punk, so of course he did beat CM Punk by himself twice. He choked him out and then pinned him. Uh, the referee used some kind of circumstantial evidence to start the match again. We're not going to relitigate that, but uh, you ready? So, why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? All I know is that MJF, the man of his word, he said he was going to beat CM Punk. He did beat CM Punk. He he celebrated, which I think a celebration CM Punk should take as you know a compliment because he celebrated beating him like someone would celebrate winning the AEW world title that is the level of being CM Punk in Chicago it's it's like beating the Undertaker at Wrestlemania and he did it and um you know Wardlow you know sitting back there he's a little ungrateful that uh, you know that MJF lets him hang around his best friend you know lets him hang around but, you know, FTR's the best tag team in the world. Everything's best. We're the best. Everything's good. Uh, so, and then uh, CM Punk comes out the wine, 
and then he brings out two people with baseball bats for some reason. Uh, so they're going <laughs> to violently threaten to attack MJF. He, he doesn't wrestle CM Punk for again? Uh, I mean, thugs. I'm just like, you're telling me who the hills are. I'm like, if MJF and FTR came out with CM Punk in the middle of the ring with three baseball bats, you'd be like, oh, that dastardly MJF. That dastardly CM Punk. He literally threatened himself into a match. Of course, FTR don't mind to do a little tag team wrestling. They decided, you know what? We'll give you the rub tonight, CM Punk. We'll give you the rub tonight. Let it, uh, we'll bring you up to our level in a tag team match. So that was a great segment. Great segment. It's just weird how we saw the segment completely different. Then, oh, Sean Spears with the night put out a great shirt. Great shirt. Probably the best shirt in uh, the history of Shop AEW. Uh, I'm like, not only did I buy one for myself, but because I have such a giving heart, like the man MJF, the MJF setting the example that he is exciting. He has set me to be a giving person. I bought one for my co-host and shipped and shipping it out. Like, within an hour, so he's going to get it fairly soon, and I'm very happy to do that for him. I love my co-host. I love Austin. He's like my little brother, so I had to make sure he got that shirt. I wanted him to get one hot off the presses. I mean, sometimes, you know, following MJF makes your heart twice as big, and yes. So, uh, better than the best in the world coming right to you, sir, in Michigan. I appreciate you. You know, it's funny. <clears throat> the fact that you uh, say that actually is that um, one. I got I got my shipping update uh, pretty soon. I'm actually going to get the CM Punk black hoodie. I'm actually got that on my way here. And then I did end up actually uh, biting and getting the Darby Allen Street Fighter shirt because I've been meaning to get that one. Um, but you know what? Hey, man, look, listen. Um, I appreciate it. You know, it's it's winter up here in uh, in Michigan. It's very cold, so like firewood is a definite necessity for us Michiganders. So like, I appreciate that you. You supplemented me with the firewood that I needed to keep myself warm. That thing will be burning ablaze very, very shortly once it arrives at my house. So I appreciate the fact that you thought of me that way. Um, if you expect that to ever be on my body, it will never, never, never happen. I don't know what. I mean, I just, uh, from the bottom of my heart, gave you a, a heartfelt gift that I thought <laughs> you would enjoy. I don't know what is going on. This what do you mean? Your answer is so you know, hostile. you know, Floyd. You know, Floyd. Listen, listen. You know what? Honestly, you know what? That was that's right. That's very wrong of me. And you know what, man? It's like I can't, I can't be uh, out here having you giving me these gifts and not be regifting you, sir. So you know what? I I gotta. I just thought of a wonderful idea at the spot at this spot right now, and I think <clears throat> everyone around here that listens to this show will think this is probably the best suitable gift. So after. This Sunday, after this Sunday wraps up, where Joe Burr and the Rookie of the Year, the Rookie of the Year Jamar Chase comes out, and they end up coming into Los Angeles, and they come into Inglewood, and they beat the Rams on their own territory, I can then go ahead and send over to you some, wor- some Super Bowl champion Cincinnati Bengals gear to send to my good Chiefs fan who can at least say, you know what, at least I lost to the champions at least I lost to well, the team that you know beat what? us. I was just going to say, you're just out of college. You know, you're in school. And you know what? I wouldn't want you spending your money on something <clears throat> for little old me. Don't, don't worry no, about that. No, man. No, trust hey. me. I got 
I can I can pack in a cigar at the same time, and we'll just have you like full on Joe Burrow cosplay. We'll just make that happen. So you can probably expect that as well coming down, uh, since you are in such a giving mood. So you know what? I, I appreciate your MJF uh, bathwater, uh, and I will I will I will repay you with somebody that is actually beating people legitimately in Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, go, go, go Rams! Kitty goes meow. Kitty goes meow. Yeah, go, go Rams. Uh, let's go. <laughs> All right, enough of that. And yes, no that that shirt. I will not wear that though. I won't burn it because I'm not going to be an asshole like that. But I'm not wearing it. You're never you're never going to get me to wear that shirt. <laughs> okay, do 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 do. I I want you to wear the shirt of someone that is actually hard to beat in Chicago. And that's all I was trying to do for you. So I'm sorry if that you taking it as anything else than the pure love that it was meant to be. Uh, I want I all like I you know I've gotten these CM Punk shirts because I thought at the time he was the best in the world. So mm. I needed to make sure that you have the shirt of the actual best in the world. I think that's the only thing I can do as your friend, your older brother equivalent. That's what I was trying to do for you, sir. I'm All right. sorry. <laughs> All right, cutting you off there. We'll, we'll then move over quickly. Slight quick backstage segment before we get to Wardlow's quick match. Uh, we had Andrade El Idolo finally getting to talk to Darby Allen after constantly trying to approach him to join the AHFO. And he's like, listen, I finally was able to meet your boss, Sting. It's nice to meet you, boss, since this kid works for you. And Sting's like, first off, he's not a kid. Second off, if you have a Darby dispute, if you have a dispute with Darby, just go and talk to him. And Darby was like, look, I have much bigger things than to work for you, like becoming the next TNT champion. And Andrade was like, look, you're going to work for me. We have something in common. You want the TNT championship? I am going to be the next TNT champion. And Sting's response was simply like, once he walked away, it was like, one thing's for sure. He definitely means it. So uh, I dig that. Honestly, uh, just being like, listen, you're going to have to deal with me eventually because I'm going to be TNT champion. So like Darby's not going to be getting rid of Andrade, whether he likes it or not, if he ends up going for the TNT championship and so, getting it. So super serious wrestling analyst face on for just a second. Go ahead. Um, this is the most, to me, the TNT belt has not felt like a mid-card belt. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And, you got Darby and Andrade and yes. trying to go for it. And yeah, like two people wanting to fight for the title. Darby then, could literally be trying to challenge for the AEW title at this point right now because he, he's a pillar. He's genuinely someone who's already won the TNT title. So it's it's like some people might think been there, done that for that. But no, he wants the TNT championship back. That's the title that matters to him. So in this segment, without Sammy in it, there's nothing against Sammy. They they're treating it not like it's a mid-card title, like it's a desired belt. And that's what I need the TNT title to be. I'm like, if you're going to say it's not a mid-card title, you have to do things like this. Now you have two people that want to challenge Sammy at the show, at, um, at Revolution, and you have a ladder match to determine the next number one contender for it. There you go. Yeah. And uh, moving in, though, we had Wardlow getting a big, uh, massive uh, win against the Blade. There was a little bit more offense against uh, Wardlow this time with Blade, uh, trying to give Wardlow a little bit more that he could deal with. But eventually, Wardlow would counter, and eventually, 
powerbomb and powerbomb and powerbomb uh, Blade and then get the win. Sean Spears once again took his chair as the chairman, hit Blade afterwards, celebrated, stealing the spotlight once again, and then they walked to the back. So again, more so here, same same old, same old with that regard. We're still waiting for when Wardlow eventually wisens up. Uh, but, I mean, dude, people dig Wardlow. Every time he sets up for that powerbomb, they get a pop out of it, and they're always chanting for more. It's it's genuinely awesome. The, this is the MJF rub in full effect. Fort Warlow. Shut up! Uh, Fort Warlow, you seeing it. The fans were behind Warlow. They wanted him to win. I mean, oh, my God. So giving. MJF so young, yet so giving. Okay. Moving on, uh, speaking of Sammy Guevara, like we talked about, uh, we had the Inner Circle team meeting where Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, and the TNT champion, the undisputed TNT champion, Sammy Guevara, walked out, still rocking the two belts, honestly. I did not expect him to have both belts on still, but you know what? If he wants to do that, he wants to do that. Um, So they come out, and uh, Santana and Ortiz didn't come out with them, and Jericho was like, look, I said everyone, it was mandatory for everyone to show up, but we haven't seen Santana and Ortiz all day long. Eventually, Santana and Ortiz hit the ring. They have brand new uh, Proud and Powerful music, which I dig. It's way better than their first one, I think, honestly. Uh, and then Jericho's like, listen, you know what? You want your own spotlight. You deserve it. But listen, two weeks ago, you left me to ha- high and dry in our match against 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. You robbed our fans of who wanted to pay who paid to see chris jericho it was disrespectful why'd you do it santana's response was like look enough of this corny shit you got to see things how they are at the end of the day and look you only care about one person and that's yourself we've had to shift our focus for the betterment of uh everything and every time that we start to get a little bit of a rise in star power and a little bit more of a spotlight we have to come back and we have to help our buddy chris Anytime we're going for those tag titles, it gets shifted to come to your rescue. And he's like, look, we came out here saying we're done playing second fiddle for you. And that's it. And you always stood in our way. You made sure that the spotlight was always on you and we never got bigger. The fans kept us going, though. And, Chris, you should be thanking Ortiz because if it wasn't for him, I would have dropped your ass a long time ago. And then just responds with, now you may speak. Santana was unreal on the mic in this promo. It was unreal. But moving back over to Jericho, he talked about how I was like, you know, you remind me of my own friend, old friend Eddie, friend Eddie Guerrero. He'd get all hyped up and then blame his own friends. It's like, look, what kind of stroke do you think Eddie Kingston has in this company? I'm the influencer. Since I brought you here, you've made more money in, in your lives in this company than you've ever made, and you still blame me. You had the chance to be AEW Tag Champions a year ago. You lost to the Young Bucks. That had nothing to do with me. Look, I brought you into this team. I can kick you out. Maybe I invited the wrong two members of LAX to join. Jake, do you got Homicide and Hernandez's phone numbers? And at that point, Santana jumps at Jericho. Sammy tries to break it up, being like, we're a family. I love you guys. It's always been Inner Circle forever. But Chris, one of my goals was to be the greatest champion in wrestling. And all this bickering back and forth isn't going to help. So look, I've quit this group before. And unless you guys figure it out, I'll quit again. Figure it out. And finally, Ortiz gets the mic and says, you've been around here throwing threats around. And Sammy walks away. What's next? Like the Inner Circle, though, Eddie Kingston's one of our brothers in arms. This big rain ain't going to solve everything. So where we come from, we settle this with fists. So Santana Ortiz versus Jericho and Hager next week, and we'll settle this once and for all. And Jericho's response was, I didn't want it to come to this, and maybe after we smack you guys around, you'll come to your senses. 
pretty damn good segment, honestly. I kind of wish Jake Hager would have been able to say something because, I mean, he kind of just stood there as just the big guy that said nothing. Um, kind of would have thought if he added, would have been nice to see if he added his two cents. But that's a bit of a nitpick, honestly, because Jake's. I've never really been a massive fan of Jake as a talker personally, but that's just me. Uh, but regardless, I'm I'm all for this. Santana and Ortiz getting some fire. Like these guys, a thousand percent should be guys that should be involved in the AEW tag team pick, title picture because they are outstanding. Uh, and it, the the thing I like the most about it is that you can understand Santana and Ortiz's pri- uh, uh, plight and like what they're saying, but you can also understand Jericho where he's saying stuff like, "Look, you guys could have won the titles last year against the Young Bucks and you lost." And but he's still being ridiculous, like when he screamed at Sammy to shut up and just completely just snapped at him like it's it there's literally it's you're just seeing a family fall apart and you you're it's a lot more complicated than just having one straight baby face and one straight heel like both sides are being kind of ridiculous but both sides have good points i thought this segment was really good and honestly this is the best thing i want for jericho because i know a lot of people weren't a fan of the stuff that he was doing with american top team and all that and the 2.0 stuff um, this whole thing with Santana and Ortiz, I think, is a much better fit for what Jericho needs to be doing right now. And it's going to help get Santana and Ortiz a better spotlight as well, I think. So I, I thought this was really good. Yeah, I thought this was well executed. Uh, just like I just think when you look at how it was done, it was just done in such a way that um, highlighted everyone. It kept Jericho as a serious uh person in it and you know he recognizes you know nothing he said was a lie but nothing santana said was a lie either um he's basically like you know sammy's had all these shots at the title you know you've you clearly working for someone why haven't you put that same energy into us and a lot of the rivalries that have been started have been started because of beast with jericho not because of the other way around so I love this because you can be on either side and you're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, literally. You could you could be fans of Santana Ortiz out of this and you'd be fine. You could be fans of Jericho of this and you'd be fine. It's it's genuinely I like the complicated nature of this storyline because it makes it so like you kind of just want everybody to get along almost like like you just want everyone to be like chill the fuck out, but like I, I'm interested to see what comes out of the match, though, uh, that is taking place next week, I believe. Yes, I am definitely interested in uh, what comes out of it. Uh, I have this thing where I love tag team wrestling. I know I'm going to always be a weirdo and say, I just think, you know, the tag team should win. You know, the one that works together and been together should win. But unfortunately, that's not how pro wrestling is always taken. So I'm looking forward to what way they go. Because AEW has a tendency to go away that, you know, you're not expecting. So I'd like to see that. Yeah, we then moved on to a backstage interview with uh, Tony Schiavone with Rapungi Vice. So, of course, uh, I believe either last week or the week before that, we were supposed to get Rapungi Vice versus the Young Bucks, but because of uh, Rocky Romero not being cleared, he wasn't able to wrestle. So we ended up getting Nick Jackson versus Trent, which was an, a great match in itself. But eventually, now, finally, this Friday on Rampage, we're going to see the tag match that we were originally supposed to get, like either last week or the week before that. I can't remember which one. Eventually, though, the Young Bucks came out and they started uh, talking to crap. Then Adam Cole came out and they ambushed Rocky Romero and Trent Beretta. But then, out of nowhere, 
Switchblade Jay White, leader of Bullet Club, shows up walking through the forbidden door, nailing Trent, throwing him into that truck, semi truck, and then just being like, "What's up?" Kind of just like saying, "What's up?" And bro, Jesus fucking Christ! Like at this point now, I I need Tomatonga to show up. I just need Tomatonga to show up, and like it's going, it's 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 insane. It's insane, and to me. Seeing all of this Bullet Club stuff and seeing all of the inclusion of the Undisputed Era now, it's like I see a full-on split between like this Bullet Club slash Undisputed Era team going up against the Elite. I got, I-, I got a special call. I'm going to call this out just in case it happens so you can say you heard it here first. I think the match we get at Revolution is the Young Bucks – well, actually, let me say this. It'll be Switchblade, Jay White, and Gorillas of Destiny against the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes. I oh, See, I would replace Cody with Hangman. I have a feeling that maybe Hangman might come and get it, back with his elite buddies. That's why I said at Revolution, because Hangman's going to be a little busy. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, I just see, uh, I think Kenny's out to March or April. Yeah, and I I see this not turning out well for the Young Bucks, and I think still, even four years later, we never got a resolution to the Bullet Club Elite versus the Bullet Club Originals. Yeah, and I would I just think if you're not gonna have the Young Bucks in the tag team match, that that match would tear down the house. Maybe it's not Cody. Maybe it's not Cody. But it's just like, to me, that makes the most sense uh, because, you know, Cody's not doing anything. The Young Bucks aren't doing anything. And you give us this big six man at Revolution, blow the house, blow the roof off the house. And, you know, let's see. Let's see where it goes. I don't know. But I just think we'll get a six man at Revolution and I would be very excited. Maybe Kenny Omega's healthy. Maybe he comes back early. And we get Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Jay White and uh, uh, Jay White and um, Good Lord God God and and let me tell you that's the ideal that's that's what I want that three versus that three that's the ideal but I'm assuming uh, I I am still on the assumption that Kenny Omega is going to be out for a little bit longer. All right. Well, moving on from that though, we got ourselves. The face of the revolution qualifying match with Isaiah Cassidy and the debuting limitless Keith Lee making his AEW debut. And it's so great. Honestly, we talked a little bit already about the match. Like Cassidy actually got a pretty good amount of offense on this. um, But eventually Keith Lee was able to come out and just completely crush uh, uh, Isaiah Cassidy. Um, And also... During the match, Matt Hardy walked out on Private Party. I believe he said uh, on Rampage or maybe the Dynamite beforehand, like, if you don't win, I'm, 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 I'm leaving you guys high and dry. And he kind of did what he said he was going to do. Um, <clears throat> Mark Quinn also got involved a little bit. Didn't end up helping, though. Keith Lee got the win. And they tried to double-team him after the match. Keith Lee caught Cassidy, and then he caught Mark Quinn, and proceeded to powerbomb Mark Quinn on top of Isaiah Cassidy. Keith Lee hurts in every flavor. It was just uh, I just want to say this is how you get this is how you get Keith Lee over. It's not hard. 
No, like, literally, yeah. it it yeah. was never hard. They almost they they, and we're not gonna do the WWE bearing shit all right. Like uh, every single day of the week, we're not doing that. But like, you got Keith Lee over in the Royal Rumble. You literally had him come out. You had Brock Lesnar take this dude seriously and be like, "Oh, big boy," and like be like, "Oh shit, this dude's legit." And he fucking knocked around Brock Lesnar. Like, people already were like, holy shit, this dude's insane. It was not a difficult situation. And then when he eventually left NXT and finally came to the main roster, you made changes to him that didn't need to be changed. That wasn't the case here. He came out, did exactly what we expected and wanted him to do, and he's over. Top-selling shirt right now on Shop AEW. You check it right now. That is exactly what is the case right now. And I was going to say, as as my Twitter post said, hey, I'm not ordering any more shirts after Revolution. Oh, Keith Lee debuts. There's another one. Here's my money. So, yeah, I have my Keith Lee shirt on the way. Uh, and, yeah. And it's kind of cool. I know if you looked at him, if you look at the thing he wore like the last time he was on WWE, you know, like in NXT, he wore out that. He came out the same way he was in NXT, the same way that he was when he was like super over. And it was just like, I don't need to be, I, you don't need, with him, you don't need more than what's right there. He's a person that you could have never heard of. You put him out in the ring, you let him do what he did, and it's going to get over. It's just, that's how it works. Yeah, that's literally it. And I'm so happy he's here. Um, but there's one thing I heard uh, from our friend Justin Henry, who was at the show. He brought up an, a thought to me that was quite interesting. Because, um, of course, the other thing that people haven't talked about a ton recently, because I understand why they haven't, because it's not been the main focus, was Matt Hardy walking out on Private Party. Now, didn't another... Hardy brother walk out on something uh, a while ago in the middle of the match in the middle of a match. Yes. Didn't that happen? Because I believe that did happen. And to me, I don't know, man. It's like, oh, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And, you know, I know a lot of my a lot of my friends are going to be very, very excited when it does happen, and I'm happy for them, so I'm looking forward to it. If you but. can somehow, if you can somehow pay, like, can we can we somehow get a licensing deal where we can get no more words played? If no more words could be played, I would go fucking nuts. I know it'll never happen; they'll never agree to it. But I would love it if they could somehow get no more words because I think that's one of the best themes in all of wrestling. I love that song. People do love that song. I mean. I am neither here nor there on it, but people love that song. It's a really good song, honestly. I mean, it's not maybe not the best. I know a lot of people. Slow Chemical is one that I was always thought was like that people love. Yeah, I don't think WWE is going to do anything to help it. No, they will never do anything. I'm like, there was probably we just got we just got them interacting with TNA and referencing them. You think they're going to do stuff with AEW at this point? Yeah, it's like. I'm pretty sure there's a number, but it's such a ridiculous number that it's like, no, it's, it's not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, uh, but I was very, very happy with uh, – I was very, uh, very happy with that, you know, that coming down the pike. And this whole thing is like 
the oh, the first thing you have to do, and everyone knows you have to do it, is you got to get Matt Hardy away from Private Party and get right away from the Hardy. And get Private Party away from them, yeah, too. The Private Andre, Party. Andrade Hardy group. He has to get away from them. So, And I think it's going to do nothing but help Private Party. I mean, if they could, I don't know, even know who it would be. Uh, if they could bring in a manager for a private party, I think that would be even that would be smarter. They're both both very very good. Don't get me wrong. It's just I think something's missing there. And it was like working heel, you know, helped develop some of the character skills for a while. But it's now it's kind of time to be private party again. Yeah, no, thousand percent. But moving on to the next match, we had FTR taking on CM Punk and the tag team partner of his choosing. Now listen, Punk, you're a sly motherfucker. This motherfucker, while the show was going on, was tweeting out, like, looking for tag team partners. First he tweets out Dan Housen, which, that would have been funny in itself. Then he tweets at Samoa Joe! And then just proceeds to tweet, never mind, when he actually does get his his tag team partner, which is John Moxley! Moxley teaming with CM Punk to face one of the best tag teams in the world. And you know what? My buddy he over here likes to talk about like, oh, CM Punk beat the be- CM Punk was beaten by MJF, so he's not the best in the world anymore. So obviously Punk- MJF is the best in the world. But you know what? I've been over here and I've agreed with I've agreed with Floyd all these years and I've agreed with him about how FTR is truly one of the best tag teams, if not the best tag team in the world of professional wrestling today. But we had these guys who have not tagged together in quite some time, if at all, CM Punk and John Moxley, and they faced off against this so-called best tag team in the world, and FTR did everything possible to try and win this match, but they didn't. Hell, CM Punk and, and John Moxley got to the point where they were so... So, so, so desperate to try to win this match, they literally went up and did the Doomsday Device on Dax Harwood. We saw CM Punk and John Moxley do the Doomsday Device, and credit to, M- to credit to FTR, that didn't beat them. They had to do more in order to have that match end. But regardless of the fact, it took one, it took a GTS and it took a paradigm shift. CM Punk gets the win, pinning Cash Wheeler, and CM Punk now will get. His hands on MJF once again, right the wrongs that have happened, and redefine the fact that CM Punk, no matter what this man across from me is trying to tell you, no matter what that bozo in that dumb fucking scarf tries to say, and no matter how much he shouts about it, CM Punk is the best in the world, and he will prove it when he gets his hands on MJF yet again, most likely in revolution and might i suggest put this man in a cage make sure he cannot get away like let me let me get to my point in this match this was a beautiful display of tag team wrestling but in the end the referee didn't know the rules Ah! so there was four people in the ring when the pin occurred Ah, uh, it just you you need to get the other two out the ring before making the pin. There shouldn't have been a pin there. FTR again, FTR stands for follow the rules. The referee did not follow the rules. And so FTR l- lost, quote unquote lost. We're not excuse makers here, but I'm just pointing out a fact. 
that there wasn't a legal man in the ring when the pin attempt occurred. That I have never been... seen. I have never seen somebody blaming the refs more. It's like, look, man, I'm a Lions fan. I know what blaming the refs sounds like, but like, come on. I, the pin shouldn't have been allowed. It, it it was allowed, unfortunately. And you know, hats off to CM Punk. He gets to lose the MJF again this time <laughs> in Florida. It's okay. It's okay. I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that uh, CM Punk wants to, you know, bang his head against this brick wall. You know, when you bang your head against a brick wall, you never win. That brick wall happens to be MJF. He can't beat MJF. They're probably going to try to come up with some rule to get MJF at a disadvantage, other than the huge disadvantage of being in Chicago. But whatever, he'll give the old man another shot. All right. Well... Now that my partner is done flapping his gums about this shit, we'll move over to the TBS Championship Open Challenge match. The 26-0 champion, Jade Cargill, facing off against the debuting AQA. Um, Now, this match I thought was all right. It was okay. Honestly, AQA had a shooting star press that was absolutely, like, just great. Like, that shooting star press was very, very good. There was a couple parts in this match that were a little, eh, like a little, like, not not a botch necessarily, but kind of sloppy, I would say, um, which I'm not going to harp on it for too much, but it's definitely a thing that, like, you can definitely see a little bit of sloppiness in terms of the transitions, in terms of, like, some curtain spots that just didn't look as clean as they should have. But eventually, Jade was able to get the win, beating the debuting AQA. Um, I think AQA did look really good. Again, that, that shooting star press was absolutely gorgeous. I thought that was really good. Um, I thought her promo was fine. Her announcing that she was trained by Booker T, I think, is a good thing that you should definitely uh, brag about. Um, I hope that she gets a little bit more uh, time. I'm, she might be doing stuff on Dark or Dark Elevation sometime soon. Maybe they'll end up signing her. I don't know. But she seems to got a lot of promise. I would like to see if they end up doing anything more with her. Uh, but Jade, she's 27-0 now. Still the TBS champion. She's still that bitch show champion. And, I mean, at this point, we're just waiting to see if there's anybody that can possibly knock her down. Dude, I don't know what they're going to do, who it is, dude. So all I can yeah. think is I imagine Athena, a.k.a. Ember Moon, is going to be coming. And she oh. is one of the best finishers ever. Yeah. I would like her first match to be might be upsetting Jay Cargill. But I don't know. I it, it, I know they're building to someone beating it. And it's going to matter. And this is how you should do an undefeated streak. Whenever someone beats her, it's going to matter. It's not going to be a throwaway moment. It's going to matter. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. We then had one last thing before our main event, which was Serena Deeb, the professor's five-minute rookie challenge, where she challenged uh, because of the fact that in her match last week, she didn't even go three minutes, and she still won the thing. So she's like, you know what? I'm going to offer the person who faces me tonight five minutes, and she was facing Katie Arquette. She offered her five minutes to try to beat her. Uh, she barely broke two, and Serena D was able to get the win, uh, used a swinging netbreaker, and then just got a nice submission on Katie to get the win. Serena D was a great heel. I love her. I think she's outstanding. I would really like to see her uh, challenge for uh, a championship at some point. She doesn't need one necessarily, but I would like to see her. Um, 
I want to see her against like a babyface champion though, so like maybe not at this point in time. But Serena Deep's outstanding. I love her to death. If they keep presenting Jade the way they're presenting her, she's going to end up being, uh, she's going to be end up being an accidental uh, face. It, Possibly, it, yeah. Yeah, it just seems like she gets cheered more than she gets booed. And so that's great. And Serena Deeb, she's probably like right there with Thunder Rosa as my favorite women's wrestlers right now. They're just amazing. And when yeah. they're on the screen, uh, it's there's a, just a seriousness. There is a effort. There is, you know, an intensity. Great talent. Yeah, intensity that comes through in everything that they do. You know, some, you know, and uh, yeah, I thought this was awesome. I thought it did almost just as much for the person that she beat as it did for her. Yeah, a thousand percent. I think it really, it really, she just shines. She really shines. We'll get into the main event, however, the AEW World title match being defended in a Texas death match between Hangman Adam Page and the Murderhawk monster Lance Archer. The only way to win the match was by winning by knockout or winning by submission. The match began uh, when Lance Archer's music hit, but instead there was a fight taking place between the two backstage. Eventually they come through and there was just... For some reason, I don't know why it was there. A pane of glass through one of the uh, one of the entrance holes on the heel side. In fact, the entrance ramp had a pane of glass there, and Lance got thrown right through that pane of glass. And Lance Archer was then busted open very badly. Uh, she Paige immediately tried to go for the buckshot lariat, hit it, and then Lance Archer rolled to the outside. But then eventually, as uh, Hangman's getting a bunch of offense in. Uh, Lance Archer got a trash can, just proceeds to smack the shit out of Hangman as he tries for a tope suicida. Then Dan Lambert coming out, removes the top rope so he can't do the buckshot lariat, which I thought was absolutely genius. I thought that was such a great move. Uh, Hangman also got busted open real badly. Um, eventually two tables get set up as well. Jake the Snake Roberts also proceeds to get that short arm clothesline, nailing Nailing Hangman Page with it, which was awesome. He was going to hit the DDT, but Lance Archer stopped him because he wanted to do it himself. But instead, Hangman DDTs Lance Archer on the floor. That's a bit of a messed up. First off, that's awful on uh, Lance Archer not giving us a DDT from uh, Jake the Snake. I would have killed to see that. Um, But eventually, so much stuff happening. Kendo sticks, a fork being punctured into Hangman Page's head. A devastating fucking slam onto the steel ring steps was just, ooh, that spot was very, very painful to watch. But eventually, uh, Lance Archer had brought in his barbed wire chair. Hangman takes the, some of the barbed wire, ramps it over his, his arm, proceeds to hit forearms with that uh, barbed wire, and then bolts over top. Vaults off the top of Paul Turner, referee Paul Turner, hitting the buckshot lariat. Then Lance Archer goes flying off through, through those tables, and then Lance Archer can't answer the 10 count. Hangman retains the title, a great championship. Uh, however, after the match was over, Adam Cole comes out, grabs the title from the ref, and puts it on Hangman's shoulders himself, being like, look, I want the AEW title. It's yours now, but I'm taking it soon. Uh, hell of a main event. I loved the finish. The buckshot lariat over the ref was outstanding, and the table spot was great. It was a great main event to an, a very, very good, like, top, one of the top-tier dynamites, I would say. This was up there with one of 
one of AEW's better ones, like genuinely really, really good. I absolutely, and I absolutely agree. This was a violent and bloody fest. I know there is a certain part of the audience that doesn't like blood. I'm sorry, <laughs> because this was very, very bloody. Uh, very, uh, It sold the story. Hangman beat Archer in his type of match. Again, that's kind of been the story of Hangman's run. So he had his first match, which was a draw, regular match. You know, it went an hour. The second match, Brian Danielson set the rules, right? He got the judges. He set the rules. Hangman beat him. This time, this title shot, he wrestling against uh, Archer. Archer sets the rules. Hangman beats him. He is beating everybody in their specialties. And I've, I said this, that with some wrestlers, you know, you really want the wrestler, uh, the belt, uh, the wrestler to elevate the belt, you know, like Kenny Omega with the title. This time the belt's elevating the wrestler. You've put Hangman in the spot, and he's proving every match that he's earned it. And I think everybody is really trying to starting to accept that he is a top-tier wrestler in this company. And just think about it. If you look at star ratings or whatever you don't, first match against Brian Danielson, banger. Second match against Brian Danielson, banger. Archer match, banger. What's the Adam Page, Adam uh, Cole match going to be? Probably a banger. So it's just like he's coming in, he's earning it, He's doing it, you know, like every way he's showing every time that he can step up that this is this is a spot was not giving it to him. He earned this spot. This is what they saw when he was one of the first signings at AEW. This is what he saw when he chose AEW over any other company's entrance. They were going to feature him. They were going to use him. The hangman is one of the top stars in this company right now. And it's he's just showing that he deserves the spot. Yeah, a thousand percent. Um, and that was AEW Dynamite from this week. Uh, real quickly, we're going to go through and talk about last week's AEW Rampage before we come into this week's Friday Rampage, which will air or probably the day that you hear this episode. Um, so the show opened up with Adam Cole Bebe facing the Dark Order's Evil Uno. Uh, Uno did a little bit of stuff on this match, but mostly this was Adam Cole getting another dominant victory, uh, really trying to work himself up after the uh, the lights out match, which he still says never happened. Uh, he talks about uh, Frankie Kazarian, Jungle Boy, Anthony Green, John Silver, Wheeler, Yuta, Orange Cassidy, Jake Atlas, and Trent, and now Evil Uno. All of these men have part one thing in common, and it's that they are part of Adam Cole's undefeated singles run in AEW. He's undefeated. And his record shows it, and last week didn't exist. I am There's a new ruthless Adam Cole, and I want respect. People forgot who the hell I am, it seems. I'm one of the best damn, I'm one of the best damn pro wrestlers on the planet, and I have been so for years. I've traveled the globe for years. I've won world title after world title for years. And at the end of the day, Adam Cole always ends up becoming the guy, no matter the company, promotion, brand. Adam Cole, baby, always ends up running the show, and... There's one thing that's going to be for certain. It's one thing that I want, and I don't care who has it. I will become the AEW World Champion. And as we've seen on this episode of Dynamite, he made that very clear when he showed up immediately after that Texas Deathmatch, which, 
oh, yes, I'm so excited for. But opening match-wise, it's pretty good. And Adam Cole challenging for the TNT title is one thing that I want very, very badly. So the fact that we're going with this, I am crazy for. Yeah, this is straightforward. Uh, the people on, on national TV need to see Adam Cole win again. That's what this match was for. It set up, you know, him going after uh, Paige. So, yeah, this is exactly what it needed to be. Yeah, thousand percent. We then had a TNT title match between Sammy Guevara versus Private Party's Isaiah Cassidy. Um, this was again like one of those title matches that I'm sure Floyd would tell you makes it feel like a mid card title necessarily. Though they did a good job, honestly. This was a very strong match. I felt like we got to see a lot of offense in this match, and I thought it was pretty dang good. Um, but other than that, like there wasn't too much else that we could talk about because Sammy Guevara got the win. Eventually, though, after the match was over, Andrade Alidolo, who was out ringside, got in the ring and got Hardy with him surrounding Sammy Guevara. Darby Allen comes out. They sprint. He sprints the ring, chases him off, and then Sammy's right next to Darby. And as uh, Darby looks at that TNT title and Sammy, he pats Sammy Guevara, and he's like, Jericho was like, is that a vote of approval or is that a warning? And I was like, well, it's pretty much a warning because he was like, I want that TNT title back. Um, so it was a good match, honestly, and I – I dug it, but again, if, if Floyd ever said, like, oh, you're making it feel like a mid-card title, like, I mean, like, I love Isaiah Cassidy, and I love Private Party, but when you have a singles me- member of a tag team that hasn't won tag team gold, watching, yeah, it just makes you feel like, well, what, what are we doing? Yeah, and I mean, Isaiah Cassidy is an amazing performer, but he's a tag team wrestler. You have a company full of singles wrestlers <laughs> that you could have used in this match. It could have been Joey Janela. Who puts on really good matches. It could have been anybody. But you used a tag team wrestler. But I understand now that I've seen the match. It's for It was forwarding the uh, storyline of the Hardy family office. They, it was like the Hardy family office lost again. The blade went out on a dynamite and lost. The Hardy family office is just doing nothing but losing. And yeah, Matt and Hardy's getting Matt's frustrated. tired of it. Yeah, Matt Hardy's getting frustrated. Now that I know that's what they were doing, it makes sense. But yeah, looking at it, it's like Sammy wants to be the greatest champion ever. You got to give him some of the greatest challengers ever. And I think getting Darby Allen back involved with it and getting Andrade involved with it is 100% a thing that would make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, QT Marshall then backstage talks about how he's tired of hearing about Hook. He said, look, next week I'm going to send one of my prize students to take down Hook. And like as fast as your star has risen, it's going to go down. And QT, I don't know why you keep trying to bark up this whole, this tree, but you know what? Yeah, send one of the members of the factory who will get their ass kicked by Hook. Yeah, uh, I don't I – don't, I don't know who this guy, I didn't know his name until like I was doing the notes for his show, but I feel bad for him because, yeah, he's going to get an angry hook. Yeah, Blakely is not going to do well. He's not going to do well. Uh, we then had Tony Schiavone do an interview with Chris Statlander, which proceeded to end with Layla Hirsch blindsiding Chris Statlander with a sealed chair. We're still continuing with the feud between these two. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes, honestly, in terms of a match, uh, but it's like, story-wise, it's kind of just like, eh. Honestly, it's like kind of just of a basic storyline of just like we were teaming and then like you're being this and I'm being this. It seems kind of catty almost in a way, at least in my opinion. Yeah, Layla, Layla is tired, was tired of losing. That's her thing. That's the whole storyline. 
is right. that she was she was the person getting close every week, but never winning, and she was tired of losing. So, and you know, instead of taking it on herself, she is blaming Chris Statlander for all her failures, and you know, it sucks. And I think I mean I do think it's a great storyline. Don't get me wrong, because it's a storyline as old as professional wrestler. And, you know, someone that's not doing well blames the wrong person for their problems. And I I think I think it's great. So I'm looking forward to it going forward. Yeah. And then we then got Thunder Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez. Uh, this match was getting going until it eventually ended up ending by disqualification because Mercedes Martinez came out, pulled out a lead pipe underneath the ring, and nailed Thunder Rosa for it, getting disqualified, giving the win to Thunder Rosa. Immediately after the match, we had an interview with Tony Schiavone and AEW World Women's Champion Dr. Britt Baker with Jamie Hayter and Rebel by our side. And they were like, look, I signed a check ahead of time for Mercedes to take out Thunder Rosa. I didn't pay for a DQ finish from a lead pipe. So next time these guys go at it and these girls go at each other, I want... Mercedes Martinez to finish off Thunder Rosa for good. So we did get a DQ non-finish, honestly, which is not typical for AEW, um, but it did lead up to the fact that we were going to get a rematch, and this was just to extend it onward and to make Mercedes Martinez look vicious. So surprising that we did get a DQ finish, but honestly, I didn't. once I found out that we were immediately getting another match, I was like, you know what, that's fine. They're going to let these girls go way longer and Thunder Rosa is going to want to get her hands on Mercedes Martinez, who I love both of these two. So this little quick thing on ra- on a rampage, I can handle that. Absolutely. It's a part of wrestling. I don't think it should be yeah. done all the time. It can't time. be used over. Yeah, exactly. It can't be overused, but like that's with anything in wrestling. So, But it is a necessary evil. Yeah, it's it's just a part of wrestling. I think it's been done well. When you know you've had stuff like this, and I think it the best thing is what I think always it should lead to something, and it is leading to in the future, it's leading to uh, you know, a you know, DQ match. This is the direct result of the cheating, a no DQ match, so that makes sense. And then we wrap up AEW Rampage from the, from last week with an FTW title match between Absolute Ricky Starks and Jay Lethal. They've been going mouth to mouth about each other, but being screaming about everything with about that FTW championship. And Jay Lethal really wanted to come in and challenge those members of Team Taz. Uh, and they came out. They did a damn pretty good match, I would say. I think Jay Lethal is very good. I dig uh, how he works. I dig his moveset. Ricky Starks, I do think, is the best part, one of the best parts of Team Taz that's not named Hook, because Hook's kind of off doing his thing while Taz watches. Uh, but I think Ricky Starks is really freaking good. And they did a pretty damn good match. Uh, Jay Lethal was not able to get the win after he tried for the lethal injection, but then the Rochambeau was hit by Ricky Starks as a counter, and he retains the FTW championship. Um, and you know what? I think at Jay Lethal, I would expect him to try to make a push for that face of the revolution ladder match. Cause I think he would be outstanding in that. And I kind of hope that's what they decide to do with him, uh, moving forward though. Cause it'll, it'll get him in a bigger position. It'll help him bounce back from this FTW title loss. And then we can see more Jay Lethal, which I am all for. This had the smoothest ending of any match I've ever seen. Yeah. That counter was really good. Uh, Jay Lethal goes for his lethal injection. Uh, <laughs> Ricky Starks hits the Rochambeau. And I'm just like, 
When I say this, if you didn't, you missed it. If you're just listening to the show, getting the results, find something to watch it. It was the smoothest finish ever. I loved it. It was a logical finish. I know what you're going to do. I'm one step ahead of you. Match over. I loved it. Like, a lot. You all understand. I, I probably won't find a finish that I like more than that for the rest of this year. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Yeah, that, that finish was really well done, and it was just smooth. It was just slick and smooth, which is – I'm all for that. But that was AEW Rampage for this week. We're going to do a quick preview of this upcoming Rampage on on February 11th that is going to be airing, and then also previewing next week's AEW Dynamite with the few matches that we have announced. So going through it real quick, we get that Young Bucks versus Rapongi Vice tag team match that we were unfortunately robbed of because of Rocky Romero not being cleared. We get Hook killing Blake Lee, which is awesome. We're going to get Britt Baker facing off against Robin Renegade, and then the Jurassic Express are going to be defending their AEW Tag Team Championships against the Gun Club, or as they are more better known, Ass Boys. The Ass Boys are going to step up. I'm really excited. Uh, this show is going, I think it's going to be good, really good. Hook is always it, but I think, he, you know, if you've never seen Young Bucks versus Rapongi Vice ever. You are going to be thrilled with how this match goes. Because, it, like, literally, I did not know about junior tag team wrestling. The first New Japan junior match I saw was Rapungi Vice against the Young Bucks. And it's just amazing. And it just, they just know what they're doing. They work so well together. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to this match a lot. Yeah, so like it'll probably be something I'll watch more than once. Absolutely. And then for AEW Dynamite for February 16th, we get the Santana and Ortiz versus Jericho and Jake Hager, the splitting of the Inner Circle match. And then we get the rematch between Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez, which is now a no disqualification match. So that lead pipe might come back, in fact. And if Britt Baker wanted Mercedes Martinez to really finish off Thunder Rosa, that will happen possibly if it's a no DQ match. But Thunder Rosa is probably very experienced, as we know, with that Lights Out match. So if, if she wants to get extreme, she'll get extreme. So I'm super hyped for this match, though. I think these two will tear it up. Yes, if I was talking about, if I was listing two of my top five favorite wrestlers in women's wrestling, these two are it. I love Mercedes Martinez. I love Thunder Rosa. They are going to be violent. They're going to be bloody. They're going to do as much damage to each other as any two people you've ever seen. And it's going to be fun. And that is our preview for AEW coming up this week. And finally, before we go, we're going to have Floyd run down a couple of headlines and some other slight news and notes that we want to share. Yeah. Funny thing. Uh, I forgot to type it on here, but just to let everyone know that might've been concerned. Tony Khan is not running for office in the state of Florida. <laughs> Just wanted to. Uh, I just wanted to help uh, quell any concerns that might be coming up for it. Uh, also, Jay Lethal and Keith Lee. Uh, Keith Lee has his first shirt, uh, AEW shirt. I think it's Jay Lethal's second, but I think it's his best. I think the Jay Lethal shirt is really good. If I wasn't trying to limit the amount of shirts that I buy, I would have bought the Jay Lethal shirt. And make sure you pick up MJF's new shirt. It is 100% true in every way. 
Uh, MJF deserves your money, so go ahead and pick that up. And last but not least, <clears throat> no. they have finally made the AEW replica belts available to purchase. Like, just go online, pay money, they ship it to you in a few days or whatever. Uh, they got the title. It's seven seven hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. It's a very high quality belt. It is a very high quality replica. You got to pay for quality if you want it. They also have belt extenders for us big boys. And because I think the belt first, the original belt only goes up to a waist 45 inches. Uh, the extender makes it go up to like a 50, I believe. Uh, then they have four title plates, title plates for all, all the champions in the company. I think, and I know you got to stock what they'll pay. I think you should have like most singles wrestlers available. You know what I mean? Because what if <clears> you're <throat> just like a Malachi Black fan and you just want his name on the belt? You know? And then you don't have and to you don't have to wait for them to eventually release be the, uh, yeah, be the champion or whatever. And I don't know. Like maybe I'm overthinking it. I just think you should be able to you know get whoever you want. Like I'm a Cody fan. You don't have TNT belts available yet. Maybe I wanted to say Cody Rhodes because that's the only way I'm going to get Cody's name on the AEW title. So there you go. You never know, so I don't know. Uh, that's just just a thought outside the uh, when uh, outside the box thought. But make sure if you're interested, go get those. They did not announce any new cities this week. Uh, I will keep you updated for when tickets gonna sell. Uh, next week is in Nashville. My friend Josh and Corey will be in attendance. I'm very excited for them. And I'm hoping for an appearance from Jeff Jarrett just because I like Jeff Jarrett and I like when he, <laughs> I like it when he hits people with guitars. I don't need it to make sense. I just want him to hit a person with a guitar. So one other thing too, I forgot to mention too, the GCW chant during the CM Punk and John Moxley match was genuinely awesome. I liked hearing the GCW chant. Shout out GCW. Shout out to GCW. Uh, they will have the collective in uh, Dallas on WrestleMania weekend. Uh, definitely check out how to get tickets. I will be in Dallas WrestleMania weekend. Not actually at this time, not actually going to WrestleMania, but you will see my handsome face all over the city. Just going to whatever's hot. So say hi there if you see me. There you go. And that will do it for this episode of All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, of course, every single week. Please continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platforms, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. It really does mean the world to us. You can leave a rating, you can leave a review, and you can leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle, if you are so inclined. On Twitter, we are at AT Elite Pod, at Social Suplex, are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network i am at austin sumowitz s-z-u-m-o-w-i-c-z floyd is at floyd johnson jr on twitter and i will go ahead and send it over to my buddy floyd who will probably be seething if the cincinnati Bengals truly do end up winning the super bowl title and i promise you my good friend i will be getting you super super bowl champion cincinnati Bengals merch if that happens you don't have to thank me for it it's just what a good friend does since you've done such 
good things for me. I will let my buddy Floyd take us home for this episode of All Things Elite. Uh, boycott the Super Bowl. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, if you enjoy it, I hope your team wins. So, yeah, whatever. I won't know until Austin messages me shortly after the game uh, as into who wins. But everyone have a safe Super Bowl weekend. Uh, make sure, you know, you got your designated drivers, your Ubers, your all that stuff. Take care of yourself. Make sure you're wearing your mask. And if you choose to get vaccinated, I just want to make sure everybody's safe. Unfortunately, tomorrow I will be putting the rest one of uh, my uh, one of my favorite people, unfortunately, who passed away from COVID. So I don't like it's not to keep you down. It's just like there's still a pandemic going. I'm still telling you this. There's still a pandemic going. Uh, stay vigilant is something I used to stay on the show for another thing. But you need to stay vigilant when it comes to your health. And I will leave you like I always leave you like MJF, whether it's home work or school always do your best to be elite enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code oldline and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code oldline and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only maryland only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please play responsibly for help visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm national harbor promotional offer not available in washington dc